This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome in, kids. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby. We're both angry. (laughs) It'll be two hours of fun-filled Husker Rewind stuff, as it is every Sunday. We got a big show for you, though. Um, Of course, we'll do our grades as we always do. BC will join us. Frank Christofferson of Husker 24-7 to join us within the next 20 minutes or so. In the second hour, Eric Strickland. I know that guy. The Hall of Famer for Nebraska basketball, played nine years in the NBA. Uh, We'll talk a little Husker hoops. Of course, he is done for BTN Plus. Uh, The first two games for Nebraska, along with Jessica Cootie. Uh, So we'll talk a little Husker hoops with you. Uh, and then Tanya Taki in the second hour as well, doing our picks of density. Uh, she had a tough week picking mostly volleyball teams. She picks her favorite volleyball team, even if we're talking about football. And the first week, it went really well for her. This week, not so much. No, she went 2-6 and six last week. I, I had a week last week. I, I On occasion, I get on a roll. And I was on a bit of a roll last week. I I, I went 8-0. No, so. Well. No bragging on this show allowed, but I, I, I'm I just guess stating a fact. When, when you go eight and no, overall, I, you can brag. Though, overall, You're allowed to brag when you go eight and no. My first, my first three weeks of our picks of density no. were not great. Five so. and three, you wouldn't be allowed to brag, but eight and no. Come on. Well, that's pretty impressive. Let's get to the opening kick. Flasher will kick it off for Oklahoma. The Sooners are in white. We are in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we are ready to go. I'm ready to go, and uh, not necessarily breaking right now, but uh, not a whole lot of surprise this morning. Texas A&M fired Jimbo Fisher. They are going to honor the remaining $76.5 million on his contract. He was 45-25 and now in his sixth season at the Hellman College Station. Uh, Speculation that I read is that, um, do you remember uh, two years ago, it was Scott Frost wanted in writing, how many wins do I need to get to keep my job? Uh-huh. Evidently, they put it in writing with Jimbo, and the, the number was nine. Oh! And there was no way he was going to get there. Even if he went out, they would have gone eight and four, and they were like, done. Uh, well, you know, he's, it's not like he hasn't had his shot. And- oh, totally. Yeah, this is him. In, it, it's one of the most epic failures of ability to coach talent because he had as much talent as anybody in the nation, if right. not twice as much as everybody but Alabama and Georgia. There's more than just getting four stars, though. you got to well, coach him up. Point. you got to develop coach those. Uh, and I really thought that he would work out. He obviously won a national championship at Florida State, so I thought he'd be really good at Texas A&M. Texas A&M fans remind me a little bit of Nebraska fans. They expect a lot, uh, despite the fact that I don't think they've ever won a national title, but they do expect True. a lot. Yeah. Um, and they don't seem to get it. They they haven't gotten it for a long long time. No, and they the that's what's always funny is that they they expect a lot, but they don't have a whole lot of success to um, show for their expectations. No, and they live in Texas, uh, so you uh, should be better than they are. Are you okay? You got a little bit of a cold there. Just one of those things s- that went down the wrong water. pipe. Drink some water. Uh, I already Go ahead. did. All yeah. right, all right. Wrong anyway, pipe. Big Ten Commission Tony Petiti handed down a three game suspension. Final three games of the regular season for Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. <sighs> Michigan fans, I'm just going to put it bluntly. 
You're crying about due process. You're crying about, well, other people did it. That means that it shouldn't be us getting in trouble. Wah, wah. Okay, shut no the crying. hell up. There's no crying. Shut up. Tired of listening to it. There's proof. There's video. There's a paper trail. You're guilty. And I hope that <coughs> they not only suspend you or Harbaugh, I hope they do not allow them in the Big Ten title game or the college football but playoff. I mean, there they, they will be due process. It's I mean, they're going to give team. them that. And it's going to take throughout the college football playoff to have due process. They need a 90, 90 days for response, all that lawyer. There's going to be a lot of lawyer talk from here on out. And I think what you've done right now by suspending Harbaugh has just made Michigan mad. I mean, they looked mad when they, they didn't even try to throw the football much and beat Penn State 24-15. to 15. I know. I wish I, I wish I would have known he would have been suspended before that game because I wouldn't have picked True. I wouldn't have picked Penn State uh, to win that game had I know that known that they were going to be that mad and they looked mad. Yeah, that was one of your picks of density that didn't yeah. go well. It did not go well. But my point is, we always talk about and hear about, and one of the biggest complaints with the NCAA is they punish teams and players and coaching staffs that weren't there when the infractions happened. Right. All these players took advantage of. Whether they knew the whole process or not, they had to have some kind of an inkling something was going on. But the coaching staff, a good chunk of them, if not all of them, knew what was going on. They were cheating, and it's against the rules. They can punish this team and this group of players, and I think they should. They should. They should absolutely. They were cheating. I mean, every Big Ten coach agrees, and a couple of them have been really angry about it. Like, they were scouted by a guy that bought tickets to their game, filmed their games, got their signs. It's... You know, again, we've been through this. It's okay to look up and steal a sign. Everybody does it in Major League Baseball. Everybody does it in college football. But you're not allowed to buy tickets to a game that you're not even playing that team, film their signals, and rehearse it so you know when they're calling a certain play based on the signal. That's cheating to a really high degree. And that really makes the coaches mad. And I would say... To a man, Big Ten coaches are angry about it, including Matt Rule. Yeah, Ryan Walters was the one of the most vocal, but you can tell Matt Rule's pissed. He's just been yeah. a little bit more yeah. subtle about it. Um, let's see. Continuing on the kickoff, Husker men's basketball team off to a 2-0 start. Wins last week over Lindenwood, Florida A&M. Uh, they were playing without Casey, Jawan Gary, and Blaze Cata for both of those contests. It sounds like there's a chance Tomanaga plays tomorrow night versus Ryder. It sounds like Jawan Gary may be back this week, possibly against either Stony Brook or Oregon State. Yeah. Stony Brook is Wednesday. Oregon State is up in Sioux Falls next Saturday. I'm doubting Blaze Cata plays this season, and I kind of wonder if his career is over with that ankle. I, it just it doesn't seem wow. to be getting any better after the surgery and everything else. It's just me. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not whatever. Not I don't have any insight. Do you I don't even play one on the radio. Uh, no, and it just... Man, it, I hope you're and, wrong because I think I do I think do they'll too. need I think they'll need him against I, Big Ten teams. I, I do too. Uh, but bottom line is, Rick Mast is living up to the billing as uh, the biggest prize in last year's class of transfers for Fred Hoiberg. Wednesday he goes for twenty and sixteen. That's right, twenty and sixteen. Alex Marich back in like two thousand one is the last guy to go for twenty and fifteen at least in a game. You know what I like about him? Uh, he makes free throws because a that lot too. of his points were on free throws. I, yeah. I didn't see him miss. I'm sure he missed one, but I didn't see it. You know the funny thing is, I hear I heard people complaining ahead of time, and I actually had somebody that was arguing with me, uh, claiming that they fear he's going to turn right into um, Wilhelm Breidenbach. Uh no, 
He's better I, than he's better I, than Will. I, I like Wilhelm, but he he's way better than Will. Yeah, and it, I was like, you've you've watched him play, and you still think this? He's way like, more. Skilled. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, way they, they more said, skilled. I, I just think he's going to turn into Wilhelm Breidenbach. He's that's all he's going to do is no. he's just going to be uncoordinated and awful. That's wrong. And that he's going to have no post moves. And I go, have you have you again? Have you watched him? His post moves are as good as. Derek uh, Walker's. The only thing that bothers me, I think he may struggle with certain centers in the Big Ten that are athletic. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of hop in his game. He, he's a. He's very no. flat footed. He gets a lot of rebounds flat footed because his positioning is so good. Yep. Uh, but to score over bigger guys, more athletic guys in the Big Ten, I think could be a challenge for him. We'll see because he can use either hand. Uh, he's very. He's really skilled. And once you get Kase back, it opens up this entire offense for him and everybody else. Well, and I think getting Jawan Gary back is going to be huge as well. Yeah, so I agree. Uh, volleyball team signed two in their class of 2024. John Cook likes what he got, even though there's not a lot. But flip side, how do you take very many when you have no seniors on your roster yeah. and you already have one of the most loaded teams in the country? Um, Olivia Mock, she was a libero for the U.S. girls under-19 team, the one gold in the world championships back in August. Skylar Pierce, outside hitter, averaged 4.6 kills per set, hit 402 this season. I'm not sure how either one of them cracked the lineup for a whole lot next year because I think most uh, everyone is going to come back. Who do you take off the floor? I don't know. Who do you take off the floor? I I don't know. And Caroline Jervis is is redshirting this year. And I think it's going to be an ongoing battle with Krause (laughs) and uh, Batenhorst. I, th- I think that's going to yeah. be an ongoing battle. Battle and the middle blocker—that's a good situation. Um, I, I don't know who you would take off the floor. I don't know. They're loaded. Holy yeah. smoke! Speaking of volleyball, they won in four sets on Wednesday. Four sets today. On Wednesday, it was over Northwestern, 28-26, 24-26, 25-11, 25-20. and Harper Murray led the way with 13 kills each. Becca Alec. Um. Holy smokes. 11 kills, hit 563, seven blocks. I know she had over 10 kills again today, and they win this afternoon at Devaney, 25-14, 25-14, 24-26, and then 25-22 over Illinois. They're 25-0. and Next week, they have Michigan at home on Friday, and then they are at Iowa on Sunday. But uh, volleyball team continues to roll. Hey, congrats to John Walker and the Nebraska soccer team. They won their first-round match on Friday over South Dakota State University 5-2. to two. They're going to host Tennessee next Friday in the second round. And I'm just going to throw this out now. They could go away. <clears throat> yeah, they, they could. could go, they yeah. could go away in this tournament. Yeah. They're pretty um, talented. I'm, I'm calling my Heisman shot. I called it last week, but I couldn't remember his name for whatever reason. Uh, probably because I'm old. But Jaden Daniels of LSU. I, I get it. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, I get it. Caleb Williams, yeah, not so much because of what the defense and how bad they are. I get it, Marvin Harrison Jr. I get it, J.J. McCarthy. But you know what? Just tip your cap and applaud for him when he gets the Heisman. Uh, Jaden Daniels of LSU is literally, hands down, one of the best college football players yeah. I've seen play in the last decade. He's really, really good. They usually don't give it to a guy that has no chance to win the national title. I don't care. LSU's still got a solid team. He yeah. is the first player, first player in FBS history. To have 350 passing yards and over 200 rushing yards in a game. He had 606 total yards and five TDs. Yesterday, as LSU rolled Florida 52 35. Um, I know. He's good. He's really, really I good. I think he wins the Heisman. I, I, that's, if I had a vote, that's who I would vote for. Because this isn't just a one off game that he's done yeah. something spectacular. Yep. 
I well, I I try to think of until the team. There was, until there was a targeting call that wasn't called on Alabama. Imagine uh, that. Right. Last week, he was the best player on the field there. I'm just trying to think of teams that have a chance to win a national title. Georgia's quarterback ain't Carson's not going to win it. Um, Ohio State McCord no. JJ McCarthy no. Possibly. Well, he doesn't throw the ball enough. He threw the ball eight times well, yesterday. After yesterday, aside, prior yeah. to that, yes, he's the most efficient quarterback in the country. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think of uh, maybe Michael Penix. Well, Jr. Penix and Bo Nix. Uh, and Bo Nix. Um, but Oregon with the one loss. Washington still doesn't have a loss, nope. right? I, I don't know. You might be right. They might give it to Jaden Daniels. I mean, and I wouldn't have a problem with that at no. all. Are we done? We're done. Um, I want to get through some of the cuts here. Uh, Matt Rule speaking yesterday. It was a, it was a loss, and it's created a little bit of controversy about how Nebraska lost. They've lost two games now to thirteen to ten, and I think the two most controversial losses this year: Minnesota, a thirteen to ten loss, and yesterday against Maryland, a thirteen ten loss. Leave the most questions about not so much these players, but the coaching staff. And so the coach had a lot to talk about yesterday. Um, Chubba Purdy came in through the interception, guided the team down a long ways, looked good all the way up until the interception. This is Matt Rule talking about, can Purdy be the starter for a whole game? Yeah, I mean, I think he can answer that better than me. I know, you know, the other day they did they did the groin testing and they do it every week and his strength was back to where it originally was. That being said, he definitely does have, you know, something that, you know, might require something at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, when his number was called, he went out there and he played and, you know, we're backed up on our own four-yard line, right? He took us all the way down to the opposite four with a chance to score. I mean, you talk about moments that can you talk about moments that can ignite an offense and ignite a team. Like even in the first half, right? We take the ball all the way down the field. We go for them fourth and two. We get it. We get down to the 27-yard line. Um, you know, that's a that was a tough call for me because Ed had said the 25-yard line because of the wind today. And um, it feels like he's filibustering a little bit there. But what well, do you think? His, Can Purdy be he, the quarterback for an entire game? Absolutely not. His comment, the way he answered that question, his hesitancy, and then the sugarcoat, the injury, and all. No. Bottom line is, Chubba Purdy cannot be the starter. I don't know that he's healthy enough. I, I, I tend to, I'd never heard anybody publicly say it until Mike Schaefer last week on this show when he said Chubba Purdy is not good enough to play at a Power 5 School anywhere, any division in Power Five but football. The, the question could be asked about all three of those guys right now. Well, I I don't disagree. Um, I, I I told you my, if 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 I had a choice, I'm put, taking Zach Woke or Wokey off of the scout team. That's he was not at good. Ole Miss last year, and I'm going to give him all the reps on Monday and Tuesday with the number one offense and see what happens. Okay. Well, next up uh, for the quarterbacks, Jeff Sims. The decision to bring in Jeff Sims. What was going on in the head of Matt Rule? Yeah, you know, I, I thought, you know, obviously Heinrich went out there. We, we had discussed, you know, Heinrich's been a little bit beat up lately. Like, hey, maybe we'll give Jeff a series. Um, Heinrich came out with the ankle. You know, they, they cleared him to go back in, but he was trying to run out there. He looked pretty like he was laboring. So he went with Jeff. You know, um, um, uh, you know, we had two turnovers, you know, really three, but, you know, two. But the, the fumble just, you know, as a quarterback counter, you know, it's not there. We don't reverse field. It just, you know, at some point – you know, we, we have to just kind of execute the plays that are there. And so we don't need guys trying to make a play when it's not there. Second and seven, get the third and five, go for on third and five. So um, now, it feels like, again, he doesn't have a lot to say. I mean, he's he, I think Matt Rule is thinking what we're thinking right now. I don't know. I don't know what to do uh, because Heinrich's banged up. 
Jeff Sims is very turnover prone, maybe the most turnover prone quarterback that I've ever seen in college football. I can't think of another one. And I'm not being mean. It's just the way it is. He came to Nebraska with 31 touchdowns and 27 picks, something like that. Uh, and, and since he's been here, he's been a turnover prone quarterback. And that continued five of the turnovers, three of the five turnovers were from Jeff Sims yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that's a problem. Let me ask you this. If you're starting a, if you're starting a quarterback tomorrow, you have to play tomorrow. Which of the three do you play? And it's not it can't be some guy named Wokey. Because uh, it won't be. It won't be. I I don't have any I, I guess I'm gonna start if he's healthy enough to play Heinrich, but at the same time, um his unhealthiness to me, because I don't think he's been overly healthy here recently in the last few weeks. I think that's part of the reason why you see him run very timidly. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> he shies away from contact where he was initiating contact early in the season. So I think there's something dinged up that we're, we don't know about. Oh, I think he's very and, banged up. And I get it. But at the same time, they said he could have come back in the game. Yeah. At, at but the, he had the ankle thing. I think he's got a shoulder thing going on. At, at the same time, bottom line is I don't care who you put out there. I like literally limit their option. Like the whole, I, I told you the quote out of the movie Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm. Your ability to think for yourself has been revoked. We're going to call a play. You do not audible. No. You run the play and no. you do nothing other than exactly right. what we told you to do. Uh, this is Matt Rule. One more thing on the quarterback situation and managing the quarterback room. I think you just take it day by day. You know, you get in there tomorrow and you see sort of, A, where is, where is Heinrich at, you know, physically? Um, Heinrich's gift is that he's a dual threat player. And so if he doesn't have the ability to run and cut and do all those things, then, you know, that limits, you know, kind of what he can do. You know, Chuba is getting back to being healthy. And so it was good to see him. It's good to see him have an opportunity to go play. Um, so I think we just kind of get out there. You know, we have to get out back tomorrow and just take it day by day. And I hope that when we get to Tuesday, what we don't want to do is be, you know, waffling back and forth. We want to have somebody, you know, get the main reps, have someone else get the second best reps and kind of, Go from there, but I, I I would be lying to you if I told you I knew who that was going to be right now. Well, that doesn't seem like a coach who's very confident about any of his quarter any of his quarterbacks because up until this point, he's been somewhat confident in Heinrich Harburg. Yeah, and he was coming into the game, but Harburg had two picks yesterday. It's just that one of them was called back because of defensive holding, um, and and he had one called back on defensive holding the week before. And the interception, the the pass to Fedoni, it wasn't close. No, it wasn't in the neighbor. It was a ten-yard pass. It he, wasn't in the neighborhood he's of being complete. Three, that exact play has resulted in either three or four interceptions for Heinrich Harburg this year. But at what point is it not on the quarterback and on the coaches and, and the offensive coordinator? We can talk about this, and I want to talk about it with BC. Yeah, um, because I think that's a good place to start. How much of it is the blame of just hey, the players got to go play, they got to make plays, they know the offense, or is it? a coach putting in these players, these quarterbacks, in a bad situation. Uh, because I think it's a little of both, but maybe one more than the other. Mike Melby, Tom Stevens, it's Husker Rewind. We do it every Sunday, 5-7. to 7. BC, Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7 is next. This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
Welcome in to Husker Rewind. Tom Stevens, Mike Melby, every Sunday, 5 until 7. Nebraska falls in a heartbreaker. After five turnovers to Maryland yesterday at home at Memorial Stadium, and they fall 13-10. to 10. And a lot of uh, talk about the quarterback situation at Nebraska. The quarterbacks so far this season have caused 22 of the 27 Nebraska turnovers. It's not good right now. We bring in BC, Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7. How much of it, what you've seen this year and throughout the entire year, is on the coaches and how much on the players in your mind, BC? I know it's a tough question to start. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a good question, Tom. I, I think it's, uh, I think you almost just got to split that down the middle. I mean, if you, if you're in the captain's chair, you always have to take responsibility, uh, for when execution isn't like you want it to be. Um, even if there's some plays where, um, you just got to expect guys on the field to kind of come through with what the situation is. Um, so everybody's got to take ownership of it. I appreciate, you know, in the post game rule, I think goes out of his way to talk to his team in those settings and keep it very much a team. And he's done a good job. I think about not letting this splinter within their walls into, Oh, the defense is holding up their end of the bargain, but the offense isn't. We all know on the outside, they know on the inside, that's what's gone on. Um, but I think it's important that you're, you're, you're keeping your guys focused on what can I specifically do better at my job? Like, um, you know, the defense holding Maryland, the 13 points, that's not too bad. Maryland's got a pretty good offense and you you should be able to win that game. And yet you can go to them and say, you know, you have a chance there with four minutes left to get a stop and you pride yourself in those situations and we didn't get it done. So, um, I, I think in that way, um, he's, he's, he's smart about the way he's speaking about this team. Um, but yeah, the, the QB play, we, I'm sure that's where we'll go with some of this, but, um, it's cost them at least two games. There's no question in my mind that if you just, in some cases, and this might sound mean, but if you got average QB play in a couple of games, uh, you probably have a couple more wins. So, um, it's it's disappointing because it, they were on the doorstep of that sixth win, and now no, nothing's a given, as we know. Brian Christofferson joining us here on the Aloe VIP line. VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of excellence or exceptional service with local heart. BC, the one question that I have, and it, it, every press conference, uh, I think uh, Tom Chattel calls it uh, Message Monday, uh, and, and he talks to the team through the media and all that, and it's, it's cool the way he does it, and everybody appreciates it because he gives some insight that other coaches have never really given you and some honest answers where you're like, wow, I can't believe he said that flip side. Almost every time someone questions one of his staff on a play call or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, he, he tends to focus on the players got to make plays versus, yeah, I think we need to do a better job as a staff. And it's, he, he said that, but it's also when he's, the questions are directed at the staff specifically Marcus Satterfield, I, that that I think he he doesn't like share as much as he does and and give you you know insights and messages to Satterfield or anything through the media. I, I wonder if if what do you think he's saying behind closed doors? Do you think he's happy with Marcus Satterfield right now? I don't know for sure. Um, 
I mean, I understand that's the big talking point. I also think they're more intertwined. <laughs> you know, like he he has a big say in how the offense is operating and sort of the style that they want to run and how they want to work certain game situations. And so I know a lot of this comes down, especially late in the game. And I, I wrote a column about it. I thought, I thought they should have run the ball on third and goal. And so did everybody else. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, I know, but it's actually not that obvious. Like third and goal at the seven and almost every football scenario, you're going to throw the ball. But this offense and where it's at, and you had just had Chubba Purdy run, um, you know, the wrong play on first down when it was supposed to be a handoff. And so you know stuff is off. You know these receivers aren't very familiar with them. And you feel really good about your defense. And it's like, man, if you can get up 13 to 10, let those guys cook with four minutes left. Let's see what happens. If Maryland goes down and beat you against your strength, they beat you, but you've got the lead. You're right where you want to be. So, I, I definitely uh, question that call. That said, the the whole question I think has come to Satterfield on our message board and in other places. Um, I I don't think Rule and hearing him explain what they wanted to do or that third down play call seemed to have a big problem with what they called. And so people can be annoyed by that and they could think I don't agree with that, um, but. The bottom line is I don't I didn't get the sense in the post game when we were con- talking about that sequence of events that he had a big problem with how they operate not that the execution yes but with what they called he was saying they ran it twice we felt like on the third down pass the worst that could happen was an incompletion um, I, I disagree with that one and it, you know it came to back to bite him uh, but yeah I don't know to your question Tom if if or, or uh, Mike if if that's really if if he it was annoyed with that call or not, I th- I think he was okay with it by his answer. That's sort of what I got. Now maybe behind the scenes it's different, and they hash things out, and they're like, let's do this differently going forward. I don't know, but uh, you know, people have to remember, um, you know, that's a relationship that goes back, I think, to like 2006, as far as coaching, something like that. Those, those guys trust each other quite a bit, so. I know there was a lot of venom out there last night and fire, like go get the OC and all this stuff. And I, I get the frustrations with it, but people got to realize he trusts his staff. Like he, he believes in these guys in a big way and whether people want to like that or not after a game like that is up to them, but the, that doesn't mean it's not the case. And, and so I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a big problem with how they're doing it. Um, you know, but obviously uh, you've got to get more out of the QB spot. That's the position Satterfield's coaching and that they're recruiting, and uh, they've got to find some big-time answers there in the offseason. There's no question about it. I guess the question I have, BC, BC Husker 24-7, uh, our guest, uh, he picked him pretty early in the process. I think it was one of the first calls that Matt Rule made, and that's not a big surprise, knowing their long relationship. They also picked Jeff Sims very early in the process. Yeah. And then they get here and they decide we're going to run option football when I don't think the Satterfields ever run option football before. Maybe they thought because they have Sims, they could do it. Um, but it seems a little like herky-jerky. They're trying to run option, but they're also trying to run a lot of Satterfield plays. Do you think had they known they were going to run option that Satterfield still would have been the offensive coordinator? I don't know that for sure. Um, 
Hard to say. I, I mean, I think th- the bottom line is the the Jeff Sims thing has blown up on him. You know, I mean, it, it has. I mean, there was a lot of, I think, belief that he could be a guy that could be solid enough as you're building this thing to get it off the ground. Um, and uh, it just hasn't worked out that way. And um, when when you don't have the answer at QB, everything around it, uh, looks kind of uh, dis- you know everything around it looks disjointed. Like whatever you want to do uh, is not going to function uh, with much efficiency or look good to the eye if you don't have the guy handling the ball every play who you believe in and you can trust without making a mistake. And so I I don't know. It's it's in, it's interesting and it's worth delving more into what exactly they want this offense to be as they move forward. Um, I don't know, like, within these game weeks before the season ends, if you're going to get, like, those type of answers laid out on a plate like everybody wants. And I don't think you're going to get whatever he thinks about his staff, you know, but kind of back to Mike's question, because it's a fair question. It's like the thing everybody's talking about is, like, okay, is does he feel good about how his staff is operating right now? Um, the, the, the thing is, it's just, you're just not going to get that that answer publicly i don't think in, in the next couple of weeks the answers always come in the off season and if you make any moves or if you make any changes and i don't necessarily expect they will um kind of going back to my previous answer uh but yeah i it, this all goes back to um the qb spot and you think you've got qb1 sort of figured out i think they thought in the off season and they didn't my last and, qb uh, qu- my yeah, last qb question is there a QB on this roster that will that even has the chance right now in your eyes to be the starting quarterback next year? I don't feel good about it personally right now. No. Um, do, do, do I think someone has a chance? I would say Harburg has a chance, but I don't. My personal opinion, I don't feel good about it. I know. I mean, there's. I think Chuba Purdy's a good kid, and I'd love for like if he got an opportunity. He's hurt, by the way. People are kind of missing that. Like he has a groin injury, and there's he's going to have to have surgery on it at some point. Um, but you know, do I think like Chuba Purdy? Like I have people on my Twitter account. Like you got to give Purdy a chance. I don't think that's an obvious answer. I thought he had a few nice plays where it kind of worked out, and it was kind of fun in the stadium for three or four plays. I never felt great about it, and two of the last three plays were you know, the wrong stuff (laughs) when it counted. So, um, you know, Jeff Sims for like his first four or five plays the other day, you're thinking like, Oh, maybe there's a redemption arc to this thing, right? Like he kind of comes out and he does a few good things and the fourth and two blows up. And then it was back to sort of what we saw the first two weeks and they had to make a move. So, um, Harburg is the one guy who I know he's got some tools in the kit that they like. He's obviously a physical runner, and he's going to try as hard as possible. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm really skeptical about what they have in that room as far as wanting to win, like you know they hope to win um, right now. I think I think they're going to have to find something else. Brian Christofferson joining us from Husker twenty four seven on the Aloe VIP line, uh, brought to you by Aloe Fiber. I, one thing you mentioned, and I want to roll with this a little bit. You said. They've got to get the ball in the hands of the guy that they trust. And there's a guy that I have seen have a lot of success and a lot of possibility of failure where he's avoided it by just making simple, smart plays and taking what he can get and what's being given to him by the defense, and that is Emmett Johnson. 
Is Emmett Johnson a guy that they should be handing the ball off to 25 to 30 times a game, and should they be relying on as long as Anthony Grant continues to hang on to the football, although he makes some weird decisions when there's holes that are open and he decides to go outside? Regardless, um, should Emmett Johnson be the, the, the bell cow right now, and should they focus on running the ball 80% of the time or more? Uh, would be fine with, that would be fine with me, yes. Um, every time they go back to throw it, I don't think I'm alone in being anxious that something bad. <laughs> I cringe, dude. <laughs> is as much is as much a possibility as something good, if not more so. And that's why you know that third and goal at the seven. Yes, you know, run it, get your three points. Um, what's done is done. But yeah, Emmett Johnson, he's been a pleasant surprise, and I really like thought. I like the way he attacks the holes. I thought the 29 yard run. Um, into the red zone on that last drive was his best run so far, and it was just beautiful. It was like the play we would be talking about right now on this show. We would have spent right, yeah. like two or three questions on that run if they would have won the game. You know, it, it was that type of nice thing where it's like, oh, there's something more than we thought was here with this guy. And so, yeah, I would I would trust him as much as possible um, in this game in Madison, and I I think you got to lean on Anthony too, and. You, Yes, he's turned it over, but you're no more than your QBs have turned it over. You know, you've got to give him a shot, I think, with his talent to make a few plays. And you know what? The O line wasn't that bad nope. with some when they just were committed to running it. They ran for 195 positive yards in that game. And uh I think I know people can take the pro football focus grades for whatever they want to. I, I kind of roll my eyes sometimes at them, but just to make a point I just did and when you use said some it. data, every starting offensive lineman there, I think had a grade of a, over 63 or over 65. So there wasn't like one guy amongst the starting five. who was a clunker who just wasn't performing well yesterday. So uh, Bryce Benhart's been a nice story and, uh, Justin Evan Jenkins has fit in well for a young player in this league. So I, I think you've got to lean on your backs and lean on that old line and know um, it's got to be, if you want to call it 1950s football or whatever they got to do, you just got to line up and say, let's go right at Wisconsin. Yeah. Once in a while, we'll take some deep shots, but we got to, we got to stay committed to the, the run and these, these, these backs and see what they can do. Yeah. To Mike's point, what, you know, 25, 30 carries for Emma Johnson. I would have no problem with that. In fact, once you get down to the seven, I would have liked to have just seen, you know, three Wildcat plays. Just run Wildcat with Emma Johnson. If you can't get it in, kick the field goal, and you got a fighter's chance of winning that game. I mean, uh, they've had several plays. It reminded me of the Minnesota game to a certain extent. You get uh, in the red zone right before half, you throw the pick. You get in the red zone right at the end of the game, and you throw a pick. Uh, at times, it feels like just take a knee. If, if, um, if I were to tell you that Harburg can't go this week, who is your starting quarterback? Is it Jeff Sims? Not really. No, um, it's probably Chubba Purdy. I did, and I'm not. I'm not trying to knock Chubba. Like I thought that that would have been a great story yesterday if he had had that drive. I'm just saying I don't think there's like an obvious answer right now. Like I know there were some encouraging plays that, that happened, and it kind of, sometimes that happens in football or three or four good plays in a row, and you're feeling pretty good. Um, but I, I don't know who you trust the most to just finish stuff off and make the fewest mistakes at this point. Um, Sims has the most high-end talent, but the mistakes just become in such abundance that it's hard to, to have any faith in it at this point. And that's where, um, 
you know, players have to take responsibility too. Like you're, you grab a 10 to seven lead and Sims, you know, goes the wrong way on that run and there's nothing good that can happen on it except, you know, what can happen, happen, you fumble it and then you basically give three points away. Um, and so you, you're kind of working around just some, some bumbling stuff out of your main position. That's very difficult. So I think if Harvard couldn't go, I would go with Purdy, but the big thing there is there is a groin issue that's been with him throughout the uh, off season. And as if you heard rule the other day, that he, that's going to require attention by the end of the season, at least. So um, I don't know how good he is to go so that they got to they're in a pickle, obviously, not just because of uh, the play we've seen, but because of the uh, wear and tear that's on the guys who are trying to, to work that spot too. So um, I mean, this is tough now. It's gonna, you're, they're going to have to grind out a 13 to 10 win somehow. And if they can get that sixth win, I think a lot of people consider this season a success because they're going to get those bowl practices. And then that's your runway in the 24 and you hopefully work on that QB spot. And, um, you know, everything feels pretty good around here then, but now there's a lot of angst because if they don't, it's, it's that margin for like what success and what failure. And if they, if they can't get it done, uh, it's going to feel pretty bad um, after the October they had. One more for you, Husker basketball. You've seen two games. What do you think? I like I like them. Um, I'm not here to say they're going to the Sweet 16 or anything, but it's the deepest team Fred <laughs> has had. Uh, I love the front court guys. Um, uh, Mass is just that big body, like gonna, you know, he's not going to be like the. Uh, sexiest player to watch but he's just going to get a nice stat line for you and alec is that junkyard dog who i think is going to annoy the crap out of opponents he'll be a fan favorite and he'll probably get in two or three minor skirmishes in the big 10 and (laughs) i love that sort of stuff so um, answer me this really quick do you think josiah alec could wind up in the ufc because the dude looks like he could oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he might be able. He might be able to. I I like everything he's about. Um, he's like that. Yeah, he's just a rabble rouser. Yeah. Um, not a, not not in a bad way. He's just, but he's gonna he's gonna dive after loose balls and he's gonna throw an elbow maybe here or there. I think and um, fans are gonna love it. So I really am encouraged. Obviously, the schedule sets up for him where they're supposed to win these games. Um, but I've seen Nebraska teams play bad competition and mm. look pretty oh, yeah. bad themselves. And I felt the first couple of games like, yeah, there's something to work with here. And I can understand why Fred likes this team. Well, don't go anywhere because we're going to be calling you a lot for Husker basketball. But there's still uh, two games left in the football season as well. BC, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, yep, BC. Yep. Brian Christofferson, Husker 24-7. Let's get to break. Back with more after this. This is Sunday Rewind. On 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. If you're watching on the stream. It is the Sarger Heyman stream, and we are live on Twitch, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube, as well as Allo Channel 951. Big thanks to uh, Eric uh, helping us out getting the internet fired back up today because it's been a little crazy. 
Yeah, Eric's a stud. I've known Eric a long time since we Same went on here. the air at yeah. the ticket, uh, but also have just known him in other ways. I mean, yeah. he's he's a machine. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to the grades. All right, uh, Nebraska, the grades were not very good. They lost. They had five turnovers, so just a preface to that. Against the run, Emma Johnson was good, though. 17 carries, 84 yards, 4.9 a carry. Would have liked to have seen those carries double. Right around 32, 33, somewhere in there. Chubba Purdy, decent day running the football. He didn't run, run many times, but three carries for 33 yards. Sims, 10 carries, 33 yards. He had that fumble. Nebraska overall, 40 carries, 183 4.6 a carry. I would like to see the 40 carries be around 45 or 50, 55, 55. Yeah. I, th- I think they were solid running the football. They were bad at everything else, but I gave him a B minus running the football. Same here. I, and, uh, and all for the, all the same reasons, uh, real quick breaking news. Penn state has fired offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich a uh, day after the unit struggled again in a high profile uh, game. So yeah. uh, running backs coach, Juwan Sider, and tight ends coach Ty Howell will See? replace Yersich as co-offensive coordinators. So they fire their offensive coordinator. Is Nebraska going to follow? Probably not. <laughs> no. Uh, against should, the run, but... I, I also said B-. minus. Uh, Roman Henby had a pretty decent day. 16 carries, 74 yards, 4.6 a carry. Talia Chungaviola didn't run much, but he burned them with his feet a couple of different times. Five carries, 27 yards. Overall, they only ran for 101 yards. But they ran effectively at times when they did. Uh, so I gave Nebraska B minus against the run. I just gave them a flat out B. Um, it, it, don't lose sight of. I mean, I get it. They had some runs. The, they lost contain. Nobody in the middle of the field when you know the receivers just left it open. And and um, I think it was Tommy Hill on a blitz, a quarter blitz, and he missed. And Tonga Viola was able to run for twenty. And, that's his all of his yards all on the, the one play, but. At the end of the day, uh, I still give him a solid B. Yeah, well, he's got great feet. Tonga Viola is just mostly a passer, but he can use his legs a lot of times to buy time. There were a couple of times when he just took off. Uh, against the pass, I gave Nebraska an F-. minus. Uh, Sims, 8 of 13, 62 yards, two picks. Harburg had a pick. He was 1 of 5 with a pick. Uh, Cheba Purdy was pretty good for a while, and then he had the pick to cost him the game. He had one one pass, which I thought was the best pass of the game for Nebraska, one of three for 24 yards, but four picks overall. The school record is five picks. Bo uh, Davis. Uh, Bo, that, and that was against the Texas Tech team in 2006, I believe, or 2005, 2006, I think it was. Uh, they threw 40, I think 43 times. Nebraska only threw 21 times and they had four picks. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's just dumb. You or I could throw less picks than that, uh, I think. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, so I gave him an F minus. Uh, going back to one of the scenes from Van Wilder when they're sitting there and they're it's either um, expulsion or not expulsion um, for the grades and all the finals that Van Wilder took. I'm voting expulsion for our passing game. Yeah. Uh, special teams. Uh, Tristan Navano, what does he hit? Five or six in a row? Uh, hit one from 38 yards. He's looking solid. He looks like the real deal. The guy that we thought we were getting... At the start of the year, maybe some freshman yips to start the year. Uh, Ethan Nation looks good returning it. He probably shouldn't have returned it from where he did. 
But pace. he got six yards but out of it. But bottom line is he returned it from where he did, and yeah. instead of us starting at the seven-yard line, we started at the, the 12 or 13. Right. I'll take that any day. Uh, we had the one fake punt from Nate Borkircher. I thought that was a that was fun. Uh, Bushini, Bushini was not terrible kicking. He averaged 44 yards a kick. Overall, though, a D-minus. A D minus on special teams? Uh, no, I, actually a B minus. I'm sorry. I okay. looked at that. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I looked at that. I didn't think they were that bad. I looked uh, overall. No, overall though, I gave him a D minus. Uh, on special teams, I gave him a B minus. Okay, yeah, special teams, I just gave him a B. Uh, Brian Buscini has had opportunities this year, and I, I'm going to set it up. The last punt that he had, I think, we're at our 35 yard line. You need to get it down to their 20. Add it up. That's 30 and 15. You need a 45 yard punt. He gives them a 43 yard punt. Why wasn't it a 53-yard punt? Mm. I mean, you want to you punt in the NFL when, they, when, when you have the opportunity to pin a team inside the 20. They don't tell you to kick it somewhere inside the 20. They say, put the ball at the 8-yard line. If you can do it, great. You're going to punt in the NFL. If you can't, you're not. And I, I just there's been so many times that we needed him to have a big boot, and he's had a couple, yeah. but he's had a hell of a lot more opportunities to have kicks that could have flipped the field and really pinned somebody deep, and he, he hasn't done it. Let's be honest. That's a game that Nebraska should have won by 14 points. Oh, with uh, ease. And uh, they didn't because they turned it over five times. And you can just you can point to everything that annoys you in that game, but what annoys me the most is the five turnovers. And they were all preventable, all of them. Uh, just by – and a lot of it is not on the players. A lot of it is. But uh, a lot of it's on that – Offensive coaching staff and especially the offensive coordinator. At the end of the day, I told you this earlier, and it was a question that I kind of wanted to jump in on the Husker extra hour earlier this afternoon here on 93.7 The Ticket and ask Sam McEwen because he was defending uh, the play calling. And I know Steve Sippel has defended the play calling because we don't know. I get it. We don't know what play was called. We don't know if a receiver ran a wrong route. We don't know if a block was missed. We don't know if the play got, you know, communicated in. We don't know. I get it. But at the same time, my one question was going to be. What's the responsibility of the head coach? It's to put his players in position to be successful. And then the other question is, specifically on the fourth and two with second time shotgun for Jeff Sims, was that a position for Jeff Sims to be successful? No. No. Not at all. And then the third down play, third and goal with Cheva Purdy. Did you put a guy who was 22 of 50 coming into the game with three picks who has never looked comfortable throwing the ball as a Nebraska Cornhusker quarterback did you put him in a, a position to succeed or a position to fail? I, get, I don't care what you say, Matt yeah. Rule, about we thought the only two options were incomplete or touchdown. That's like Scott Frost going into a postgame presser a couple of years ago yeah. and saying, uh, sorry, I don't have a play call for fourth and 22. Now, here's my play call. All three of them. Emma Johnson, Emma Johnson, Emma Johnson on wow. third down. I, and if that doesn't work, kick the field goal. There you go. I, you're hired. Uh, there you go. Uh, let's get to break and come back with the Big Ten Blitz after this. 